HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food and beverage radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. The world is changing faster than ever, and you need a website to go with it. Whether you're a seasoned pro looking to build your following or just starting out with a brand new idea, you need a landing page that's bold, innovative, and uniquely yours. Whatever your passion, you need a web designer with experience, panache, and heart. We can't help you with any of that. Hi, I'm Lou Bank. And I'm Greg Benson. Are we Silicon Valley tech visionaries? No, we're podcast hosts. And that's basically the same thing. And we're here to tell you about Ancestral Agave Syrup. Ancestral Agave Syrup is the 100% pure nectar of the agave plant. Now, wait a minute, you're thinking. I've had 100% pure agave nectar. Well, not like this, you haven't. That stuff is processed with a diffuser, which introduces acid. Plus, it comes from Blue Weber, a monoculture that dominates farms, depletes the soil, and won't help you grow your brand or expand your e-commerce functionality. Ancestral Agave Syrup, on the other hand, is made by slowly cooking down the pure agua miel from Salmiana Agaves in Hidalgo and Tlaxcala, two states that have been harvesting those plants for generations. It also won't expand your e-commerce functionality, but it will grow your brand if your brand is person who makes kick-ass margaritas or pecan pies or pancakes. Unfortunately, the families behind this tasty stuff are being offered big beer company bucks to rip out their agave and plant barley instead, which would be a crime because ancestral agave syrup is about as far from the processed stuff as 100% pure Vermont maple syrup is from that sticky bottle at a diner. So don't build a homepage from one of several easy-to-use templates, but do grab Ancestral Agave Syrup. Today, our first 25 customers will also receive a special limited edition Agave Superhero comic book. So do not wait. Protect the land, make better drinks, and save the bats by grabbing some today. Go to... Wait, what was that about bats? Uh, yeah, it's an important food source on the migration path of the Mexican long-nosed bat. Huh. Yeah, the flowering stalks of the agave also provide protection from predators. Oh, that's cool. Should we get back to the ad now? Yeah, let's do that. Go to AncestralAgave.com or click the link in the show notes to grab some today. Ancestral Agave Syrup. It won't help you build a beautiful website, but it will make your cocktails taste really, really good. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them. Rhythm. 
Welcome back to the Speakeasy Year End Roundup. I'm Damon Bolte. I'm Southern Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. What a year, guys. What a year. Um, there, you know, this is the show that we do every year at the end of the year where we kind of recap. And I've said it on the show. I've been doing this for over a decade now, uh, something like that. Um, and I can't remember exactly who I heard this from. It was either Oprah or uh, Martha Stewart. But it's this thing where rather than making New Year's resolutions, and this is not a cop out, um, <laughs> it's, uh, you you kind of like put you kind of like file away all the good things that happened throughout the year and then you kind of bring them back out and it's more more inspirational than you know creating a list of uh new year's resolutions that most people don't really follow through with you know like sometimes people i'm gonna do dry january but they uh you know they make it to january 5th and uh then right. you know but you never know what's gonna happen that's kind of the thing about this you never know what's gonna happen in life and things change and uh so maybe your resolutions get kind of uh, you know, sidetracked or whatever. But the cool thing is about the never knowing what the what kind of things are going to happen throughout the year is that you can look back on these things, uh, these accomplishments, and and uh, just fun things that happened, and put some more of a positive bent on it. You know, and uh, so like I, th- this is always my one of my favorite episodes because there's a lot that we've covered this year, and uh, sure. there's uh, I mean, Greg, I know that uh, there's one that we were talking about last year that you were like, I don't. I can't believe we're going to be talking about this today, but what, why don't you get us started off with our, our two, 2023 year-end roundup, and uh, what do you got for us, Greg? Yeah, well, so last year, I mean, we devoted a lot of time talking to the uh, the unexpected trend of the year of like, whoa, this kind of came out of nowhere and crashed into Earth like the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs, and we're like, man, wonder how long this espresso martini thing is going to stick around for, and <laughs> one year later, here we still are. I worked my first saturday behind a bar since march 14th of 2020 uh a couple weeks ago it was not SantaCon, thank christ that would have been a real throw in the deep end sort of thing but there was a while there where i was just thinking of that line from barbie of like my whole job it's just beach for there was like a good two hours there where i was like my whole job (laughs) it's just espresso martini that's all it is. I am a I am a vehicle through which the espresso martini flows. I am no longer a man. I am just a conduit for the espresso martini. It was, it's nuts, and I and I'm impressed by the staying power of it. And I'm also really pleased because I feel like last year a lot of your you know air quotes air quotes serious bartenders were kind of shitting on this drink a little bit, and I think it's kind of entered an era where it's an era of maturity. I think. Right. Um, sure, we, we now stack them, stack the top of them with shredded Parmesan cheese. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> we even, we even had high proof preacher on here. The source of the espresso martini uh, with Parmesan to, to in part account for himself. But also I think that's a, that's a mark of the fact that this trend has uh, not even just legs, but just kind of a, a, an era defining quality to it, which I find very interesting. Sure, the mixture of uppers and downers. We've seen the the re rise of other coffee drinks like the Carajito and um, you know any number of you know your your Irish or Mexican or whatever coffee variations. Um, and then uh, uh, you know uh, I don't know better than a vodka Red Bull. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, and here's the weird thing. Here's the weird thing about that is that a lot of people that day came up and asked for a vodka Red Bull. And when I said, I don't have that or a Jaeger bomb, I did get a few. Uh, and it was, that was one of those things I'm having 
I'm having these moments all the time because, again, I hadn't bartended in about four years. And so I'm having these moments where I'm like, whoa, the kids are still doing that, huh? Like Jaeger bombs, people <laughs> apparently are still a thing. Where are you bartending? Oh. Are you just TJ Fridays in like Midtown? Bol- or like, what? Boltman like- Watt, dude. <laughs> Boltman Watt. It's oh, the- Greg's at Boltman Watt just yeah. down the street. The, fi- the finance Dang. bros, how we, how we yeah. love them. Um, but when I told them, I'm like, dude, I can't do that for you. Uh, and in my head I was like, and also like, I'm not 19 anymore. Uh, they would be like, Oh, okay. You don't have Red Bull. Well, just give me an espresso martini. Like it was very much, it was the, it's one of those rare cases where you tell someone that you don't have the classless option. I'm like, well, I'll go for the slightly classy one then. Yeah. I guess if I'm, if I'm going to have to watch, uh, people drink, uh, you know, uppers and downers together, I'd rather see, I'd rather see it be coffee than, than, than a Red Bull. So. You know, nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah. Let's 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 try and re- resurrect. You know, the Spanish coffee, the one that you uh, car- you know you set on fire and you caramelize the sugar to the outer rim of the glass. Let's actually not. Yeah, that's going to melt down the uh, well, it'll melt that sugar, but it's going to melt down the flow of the bar as well. <laughs> you kind of have to have that be your thing. You know, like going to uh, Buena Vista Cafe here in San Francisco. It's like. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there's the guy, the old, older bartender, I forget his name, but they, they call him the magic man because he does magic tricks whenever he, he has free time, which he rarely right. does. But, you know, you'll go there and you'll see like 30 Irish coffee glasses lined across the, the well, like where he's building the drinks and he's just banging them out. But that's like, that's all they do there, basically. I mean, they have a full bar, but like no one, it's yeah. kind of a tourist destination to go get an Irish coffee. I mean, I, I certainly did my first trip to San Francisco and, but you know, that's their thing. So, I mean, I, I can tell you this, like, I know Southern, you don't drink coffee. I don't either. Uh, I used to, uh, I found out that I, I'm actually allergic to it. Um, I, I will have one if I'm like in Europe, I'll have an espresso after like a huge meal. But mm-hmm. at that point, I'm not sure if I'm hungover, uh, stuffed or having an allergic reaction to coffee. Um, <laughs> but I do it once every time I go to Europe uh, and, uh, it, but it's just one of those things. I, it also hits different when, you know, you know, we, we overindulge in coffee here. I think, uh, we know we do. Um, but yeah, if your bar set up to do that, I actually realized years ago that, uh, I, I thought I was just sensitive to caffeine, but I realized I was actually allergic to coffee because we didn't have, uh, we weren't ready and set up to make, uh, espresso martinis. So I would go over to the Lemazoco espresso machine and I started, you know, I, ground the espresso and put it in the portafilter, swiped it off with my finger and my fingers started swelling up. So I, I realized like I'm actually allergic to coffee. So I, that's my literal, like I, I, I get out of making espresso martinis because I can't touch coffee. So right. it's uh that's, that's my cop out there. So it, and it's worth, it's, I got a doctor's note for it. So it's all good. Uh, so <laughs> what do you guys think about the notion that the espresso or you know any kind of coffee up or downer cocktail is so popular, and at the same time, we have the polar opposite, right? So you get two stimulants there versus the fact that NA cocktails have exploded off the map this past year. We certainly talked about them last year, but this year they have just gone insane. Like, what do you what are your thoughts on on that? Like, people want to get wake me up and fuck me up, but also uh, you know give me give me something that doesn't do leave anything. Leave me alone. the introverted extrovert yeah i i love the trend i mean like it's and i hope it's i hope it's not just a a trend i mean like you know the cool thing is um you know 
I have a bottle of Wildertons from uh, Pacific Northwest. They actually, this summer, they just opened the first distillery tasting room, uh, non-alcoholic distillery tasting room. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, like to see where, we're, I mean, I was thinking about this a few years back when we started seeing, there's a couple of uh, non-alcoholic spirits on the market. And I was like, man, I really hope this, I really hope this takes off. And it seems to have done that. I mean, it, like just in this past year, we've got a billion new ones, man. Uh, and it's, you know, I've been getting sample bottles from the different brands that we've interviewed on the show and others that have reached out to me on the site as well. And there's some really cool stuff out there. I haven't really quite figured out the whiskey thing yet. I've tasted all of them that are out there mm-hmm. and they all kind of rely on capsaicin. So it just tastes like spicy tea. Um, right. <laughs> so I think we're going to, you know, as with anything, there's always a rush to market for right. a, a consumer demand right the consumer is obviously demanding na so now there's a rush to market and people are bringing out whatever they can to capture those dollars and what will happen is the the you know the the sort of lesser quality ones will shake out and the bell curve will will take you know maybe maybe a few more years and we will 100 crack the code i don't think for one second that in five to eight years, you'll walk into any bar and there won't be an analog for every spirit and they'll be good, right? We're getting there. We're starting to see that we already saw some shake out, shake out that, have, that have already come and gone, flash in the pan, disappeared. They made their money and they got out of the thing. But we're, I think we're seeing that, that they're getting better and better. And that'll, I think that trend's only going to continue, especially if people are opening dedicated distilleries for NA. You know, that means that the movement is getting somewhere and that we're getting better at it. Products don't survive if they aren't good, right? Right. Well, and here's the other here's the other piece of that puzzle that I got very curious about a few weeks ago is how do you price an NA cocktail, right? Like this is the thing where mm. it's, you know, obviously I would I if I were to go into a bar and I weren't drinking, I would feel a little bit insulted if it was like daiquiri, seventeen dollars, non alcoholic daiquiri, seventeen dollars. It's just like what the, come on, man. I but, think I think Greg, like you've been out of the game a little bit, and and to be honest, speaking speaking as someone who's had to deal with these things now, especially a lot more. Frankly, I struggle with pricing them because they cost me more than a standard cocktail yeah. costs me. But I can't charge more for them. I was at a uh, grand. I'm not going to sell nearly as many of them, so that there's that math that has to be factored in. Sure. But they do per drink cost more. So the $17 daiquiri and the $19 non-alcoholic daiquiri that sounds more reasonable to me as a business person. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we think about this on the business side just for a moment. Like, there's and this is like, you know, it's clearly different state by state, but I mean, there's case break uh, pricing for spirits. You know, the more you buy, the better deals you get on it. Sometimes right. there's flex deals where you get like, you buy 10 cases of this, they give you two, like, um, and there's a way to like bring down the cost of an alcoholic cocktail. That's not happening with the non-alcoholic companies because they're right. they're all new and they, they don't have that large distribution and sales number that helps them like kind of shave a little bit off here and there. But I will say this, you know, I, I went to lunch yesterday with my brother and we uh, we were sitting there looking at the cocktail menu and that it was like $10 cocktails at this place, which is shocking. And the wow. uh, the non-alcoholic cocktails were $14. And I was like, my brother was like, what the fuck is going on here? Why are they? I was like, well, because look, they're using, and I'm not going to name any spirits because it does, or non-alcoholic spirits because it doesn't matter. Because as you said, uh, you know, they aren't cheap to produce and you can't buy from a large company like MGP or like any of these big like uh, whiskey or spirits distilleries that have been doing it forever. And, you know, 
and just like cut out the the production and labor costs and all that stuff it's like this is you gotta realize that they the non-alcoholic distillers are putting as much passionate into it if not more than a lot of distillers that have been around for a long time so sure. it's it's that's a, probably one of the biggest factors here but also this is something to consider and i think especially you know i'd mentioned before with wilderton's they they uh, you know have this non-alcoholic tasting room uh and we're going to start seeing more of that i know we mm-hmm. for sure are uh and and that's really about the space right so I remember Aaron Polsky, our buddy Aaron Polsky uh, mm-hmm. of Livewire Drinks. I remember years ago when he was kind of starting to develop flavor profiles for his canned cocktails, which uh, is another thing that's really blown up this year. Of course. Um, he w- was going through this moment where he was like, he wasn't completely sober, but he was, he said that he had changed his drinking style and it had to be very intentional. So he wasn't, he said, I'm not drinking just to drink. He's like, it has to be an important moment with friends, like a good meal. It's like, I'm not just going to go out to a bar and just order a gin and tonic or, you know, whiskey soda or whatever, you know, just to have a drink in front of me. It's like, it has to be something. He also said it has to be, if I am going to go to a bar and just order a drink, it's got to be something that I would never have ordered before. Something completely off my radar and mm-hmm. at that point, it's almost like more like field research and kind of like, you know, following uh, what's trending on the market, you know, and that's more R&D, you know. So I think that's something kind of going back to what we were talking about before about like non-alcoholic drinking versus alcoholic drinking and like the, you know, your espresso martini, your uppers and downers versus the just leave me alone. It's like people just, <laughs> people just want to like, it, it's, it's about people, you know, people want yeah. to be, people need people, people don't need alcohol. You know, so, you know, we, we need each other. That's why we have bars. You know, you could buy all this stuff at the store and go home and put on a George Jones record and just cry yourself to sleep. Uh, But it's, you know, we go to bars to be with people. And I think that's something we're going to, I think we're going to see, remember there was a bar in the Bronx or in Harlem that was, uh, it was attached to a church. It was all non-alcoholic cocktails and it was like a speakeasy that jazz bands, uh, there was an article that came out in Imbibe like 10 years ago about it. I don't know if it's still around. I think it might be. But I think we're going to start seeing like non-alcoholic cocktail bars. Like that was a, that was way ahead of its time. And there wasn't enough, uh, you know, in a spirit and these really interesting ingredients to use back then. They were just doing it and really blazing a trail. But I think we're going to really see not just having the non-alcoholic cocktails integrated into menus not you know we talked last year about uh rather than having like the kids table section of the menu uh you know with non-alcoholic and and low abv cocktails it's like integrate them into the full cocktail menu and then put the abv next to it you know don't have a section that's like oh i've got to go over here now uh it's just you know it's more integration i think yeah, I mean, listen, you know, I'm I'm in the East Village. Greg's working in the East Village again. There's a bar in the East Village of New York City that's 100% N.A., uh, Hecate, H-E-K-A-T-E. It's over on uh, uh, B between uh, 10 and 11. Um, and, you know, like it's thriving. It's doing well. It's a busy spot. People want to be included and they don't want to drink. I mean, you know, we can't... Uh, we can we can you know not like it. We can stump our feet, or we can recognize it and get on board and, and be of service. You know, I love it. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think I think also if we're kind of searching for, you know, part of the reason we like to do this show, I think we started doing it in 2020, just mostly as a kind of like what the hell just happened show. Yeah. And also because our last guest of the year canceled at the last minute. Um, <laughs> but it has since gone on to become a beloved tradition. I think part of like what what I like to do here is kind of take a moment to really um seriously look back at the last 12 months and kind of think about like what people have been doing. And, you know, if we look at the the shows after that, like 2021, we were still kind of like tentatively poking our little prairie dog heads above the surface. 2022, we were all living like we were never going to die because we had, we were sitting on all those stimulus checks and two years of paychecks that we hadn't spent on vacation. So I was just everywhere. I, I, and I know you two were as well. And this mm-hmm. year, I think it's been a much more, um, I think intentional is kind of the the word that I want to use for it. Like people, like what you were saying, Damon, is like, you know, I, I'm, tr- I'm struggling to do this too, but when I do drink, make it more intentional and really think about why I do things and the ways in which I indulge and the ways in which I like the, the role that I think the pleasurable things that we give to people play in our lives, you know, like it, 2022 was a lot of fun because it was just all fun all the time, but you can't do that forever. Um, unless you're uh, Keith Richards, in which case, uh, you know, <laughs> more power to you. But for those of us that aren't, I think figuring out how to do that with intentionality is, is kind of been my, that's been my watchword of 2023. And I think that that you can see that in the, what's happening with the NA space pretty clearly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really, I mean, drinking is fun, but you, you kind of made it sound like it's not fun unless it has alcohol in it. I can tell you this, man, this has been a pretty big year for me uh, musically um, because <clears throat> one, uh, our bands, you know, we're finishing up our first, the new band, our new, our first album. Um, so that'll be out, should be the first of uh, next year. But one major thing for me personally <clears throat> is that I stop i start just drinking like non-alcoholic beers when we have shows until like you know after we play the 19th party or whatever but um i always treated uh our our shows like they're parties and you know you know it's you gotta you want to be clear-headed enough like kind of like tight enough as a band to uh put on a good show and then after that you can reward yourself by you know making up for the couple few hours that you didn't drink i slammed a bunch of fernet and you know whatever um but it's it's made it i really realized how much of a difference it makes so uh going along with the non-alcoholic cocktails and spirits there are some really amazing over this past year i've seen a lot of new uh, non-alcoholic beers as well uh that are just same day brewing or uh best day brewing their kolsch is like that's the winner in my book for the year. I mean, it's just incredible. It, it yeah. tastes like an actual Kolsch and uh, it's, and it comes in a pink can. I'm like, dude, that's perfect. Everything about it's great. Like, I don't even want to put a koozie on it cause it's such a good design and you know, <laughs> and it's great. You can like, you know, you can, I've also done a lot more like woodworking projects and stuff around the farm. And like, you know, like you want to drink beer while you're doing like dad work or whatever. Um, but also you don't want to be running like a bandsaw sure. <laughs> and lose your fingers and then, you know, because right. you've had one too many. So I, I really wanted, I wanted to call out that beer cause I think it's incredible. Um, well, yeah, also but, you've long, you've long said on the show numerous times and in, in life hanging out with you, you, you've often said, uh, you know, if so, as soon as someone makes a, a non-alcoholic whiskey, I'll drink whiskey all day. 
Yeah, I, well, the, the actual, the pull quote would be, I wish there was a non-alcoholic whiskey so I could start drinking it as soon as I wake up. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, like I don't think we're there yet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, what about uh, this, go ahead. What, yeah, what about this new product that we talked about a couple of weeks ago that's very new, right? I know it's the end of the year, but, but it still falls in the year, obviously. Um, safety shot, right? So we've got this dichotomy going on of like, well, we're drinking – you know, uh, you know, espresso martinis. We're drinking lots of. We're still drinking pretty strongly, and we're adding stimulus to it, even to to up the experience. Plus, we have the the pendulum swing all the way the other way to plenty, plenty, plenty of NA options <clears throat> on the market. Plenty of spaces that you can go and get NA. Some spaces dedicated directly to NA. Um, but then now we've got this thing in the middle, safety shot. A doctor created this thing that uh, you, you you it's a it's a drinkable. You drink it, and it can lower your blood alcohol percentage by 50% in 30 minutes. So you can go out and have your cake and eat it too, I guess. Like you can go out and really tear it up, but then you can knock down one of these safety shots and suddenly you're, I don't know, back to, to there's an equilibrium that can be achieved. I mean, I haven't tried it yet. I, I've only read about it. I've, I've seen uh, several articles about it. It seems to be truthful and, and, and an actual product that works. Uh, you know, I'm no doctor or scientist. Uh, I don't know how uh, how it does it, but but what do you think about this? I think everyone's body body chemistry is different, though, right? So, like, you know, sure. obviously, there are several different factors that go into how how much alcohol will affect uh, different people, and you know, it, it's depending on the state. Again, like, there's a different legal limit for uh, getting, you know, a DUI or whatever, you know, and um, mm -hmm. so it it could be really like, this could be a little tricky, you know, if someone goes out and has four beers and they know that like two beers is where they hit their their legal limit and then they take this and then they expect it to be like the equivalent you can still get a dui you know like so i think i think that's one of the main things I, to me it seems like this is more about the legalities of like drinking and driving right i mean it's not like i, I, I mean i think it, these people want to turn it up to 11 while they're in the moment but they know that tomorrow they're going to need to be you know tomorrow morning which is coming soon because you know they're late nighting it i think they want to reduce that bac so they can you know wake up more more refreshed slash less hungover so they can get, get to their day i don't know i feel like we're you know it's, it's a strange position in my opinion to i don't know man this want, is, it's gonna want to get want to get drunk but then want to turn the yeah. volume down <laughs> it's weird it, to me it's like it's like when you know, we've had certain customers, you know, they come in and they like order drinks for everyone and then they get their bill and they're like, hey, what is all this? You know, or like, and it's like, well, you, you know, I, I get that you're a regular here or whatever, but like, I never, I never go into a bar and order anything that I don't intend to pay for. Right. Yeah. For, so for anyone who still thing. doesn't know, a double is two drinks. You haven't secretly yeah. <laughs> figured out how to pay half price. It's two yeah. drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Same glass, two drinks. Um, but, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, you, you kind of like, you should expect whatever you're asking for, you should kind of expect uh, expect that to be the reality, right? So I don't know. I I, I think that that's going to, you know, it, upping check averages, is that something you kind of mentioned before? Like, I mean, I does mean, it matter? I would rather not so deal with like really wasted people to make more money. I'd rather them just be like, just be chill about it, you know? But yeah. I don't know. I mean, these are the places that you and I operate and, you know, but there are places out there who, who are all about getting you as turned up as you want to get. 
And it, it, Cabo! Is, this, is, this a, yeah, is this a lever that they can pull to turn you back down? You know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. At, what, at, at what point does the, is there, I'm just thinking of this as we speak here, but at what point do you say to yourself as the consumer, I want to order a double, but I want a double with a half shot of safety shot in it. So now it's a single, but I'm drinking a double. <laughs> uh, yeah <Jesus>. and this is <laughs> i know and this is and this is the thing is like i mean I, I i want to like this i really really do because i can see a very obvious way in that it will keep people safer and if it does what it say it says it does i imagine that it will save lives like there will be people mm-hmm. who aren't driving drunk that otherwise would have and obviously that's an extremely good thing but there's just the and I'm trying to say this without sounding like a boomer, but there's, it's, there are consequences for this for a reason, you know, yes. like no, agreed. alcohol has consequences baked in so that you know where the limits are. Like if people couldn't, I mean, look at, look at, uh, I don't know. I'm just thinking about Wolverine right now. Like he does all kinds <laughs> of stupid shit because he knows that it'll just heal from it, you know? And I mean, if mm-hmm. everyone ran around doing that, the world would be a pretty reckless place. I don't know. That, right. That's just kind of my, my two cents on it. Well, we'll see yeah, how this so year I, develops. I mean, I, I think we're going to, this isn't the last time we're going to talk about this. In fact, I think it's going to be our 2024 weekly uh, check-in on what's going on. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. There are some other products that came out this year that are coming out this year. Um, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Savona Communications. They're a PR company, Manuel Savona. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they've sent me some samples of some really cool, a couple of things from Pierre Ferrand that have come out this year. Um, their dry yuzu curacao is killer. Yeah. Um, I know it's a limited edition. Yet, I'm very, very interested, yes. Yeah, it's super, super good. Uh, for those of you who haven't tried it yet, I'm try and find it. I mean, I'm sure you can probably find it online somewhere. But it's a it's a yuzu curacao. I mean, that's that's what it is, and it's delicious. Um, obviously, based with uh, Pure Front Brandy, and then they also have, uh, as you know, uh, Citadel Gin is one of their brands, it, mm-hmm. and they came out with their their pickle gin, their Jardin Jardin uh, Jardinier uh, pickle, and it's. You know, okay, so <laughs> it's we've come a long way since the pickleback, and it's it's very. I, I just want to say this: it's very, very lightly jardinier flavored. So it, don't don't think it's going to be like a pickle bomb. It's just really, it's a really delicate, beautiful thing. And of course, you know, you can dirty it up with some some pickle juice. Uh, and I, I've made a couple of them so far, and Jamie freaking loves them. Uh, we're both i mean it sounds primed and ready for a gibson to me right yeah i mean that's exactly we actually made uh you know a pickle pickle and onion skewer to put in to this uh this cooking you know you gotta can't leave anything alone you and i you know yeah we're harley guys you know that you just constantly mess with them so (laughs) it's like any cocktail you know so um yeah, so I just want to give them a quick shout out. There's another one uh, that is uh, actually kind of dirty sounding. Uh, Empirical came out with a, a Doritos vodka. Um, oh my god! So, I just saw that this morning. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, uh, I I'm not I'm not sure where I stand on that. Um, they're gonna have to send us samples. Uh, <laughs> so I, you know, it's it, there was a judge to cocktail competition a few weeks back uh, here in Marin County. And uh, the last round, there were these, these surprise uh, 
ingredients that would pop up. And uh, the last one, they went over to a bodega. They don't call them bodegas here, by the way. Uh, they're just stores. Uh, but someone walked over <laughs> to the bodega. How and, fancy. And, yeah, and bought, uh, yeah, right? Um, uh, just a bunch of just kind of just snack food from the bodega. And one of the things was like flaming Hot Doritos. And they had to incorporate one of these things into, uh, or, or, you know, several of them into the cocktail. And they both decided to put uh, these flaming Hot Doritos and the drink, and it just did not work. Um, so I'm, <laughs> so hey, that was the last round. So someone won, but I, you know, whatever. Uh, but it, <laughs> I was just like, there's got to be a way to do this, or does there need to be? Um, but anyway, now they're uh, they just announced it today. I just saw it this morning. So we'll see how that turns out uh, next year. But I kind of want to like, you know, it's that's one of the fun things about this this roundup show is we get to go over some of the things that the the highs and lows of the year um <laughs> and that's those are like some ingredients and some cocktail ideas and trends but there's also some business that we should probably talk about there's a couple of big things um one of them uh and there's two really that i would want to touch on before we wrap up today uh it, you know we'll we'll touch on some business here but then we'll we'll end on a fun note too um one of these things is uh, AI and ChatGPT in the bar space as far as developing mm -hmm. cocktail recipes, any kind of uh, content, uh, verbiage for, you know, the menus. And it, that's one. And then the other one is the union, unionization uh, that Death & Company has started. So, yeah. uh, Greg, I know that you're really into uh, this subject of AI in cocktails. So, you want to talk to us about what you've been doing? Oh, that? my God. Yeah. Just how much time do you have? Yeah. Talking about <laughs> AI and cocktails and labor unions, please. Like, can, can I can I just go on for like two hours on this? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, earlier this year, like I, I got on uh, TikTok. I'm a geriatric TikTok user at the age of 34 now. And I did this series uh, that I called Artificial Intoxicants, where I asked ChatGPT to write cocktail recipes for me. And then I would make them and then I would grade them. And... Uh, they, it, the first time it did it, I think everyone kind of had this moment playing around with this thing for the first time, right? Where you'd been hearing about it and you're like, oh, this is, you know, this will be fun. And then you ask it to make a recipe. And I, uh, I don't know, I was feeling like making something with gin and chartreuse, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want a last word. Uh, I didn't feel particularly creative in the moment. So I'm like, I'll ask the robot to do it. And it like mm -hmm. found me a recipe online. I'm like, no, no, no. I want you to come up with something right off the bat. And it was like, sure, absolutely. And instantaneously came up with a brand new cocktail that was pretty good. I was like, this is not menu ready necessarily, but like with a few tweaks, I'm like, yeah, I could definitely see this. Like it puts celery bitters in there, which I was very impressed by. And it, it had a few misses. Um, the time I asked it to make a drink with Fernet and Stiggins pineapple rum, uh, it kind of tasted like a toothpaste that was not going to make it out of the, uh, the focus group phase, but it's, it's odd to interact with this intelligence and just think, oh, like there is a way to do this process faster. And if we pair it with human beings it can make some really tasty drinks. So it's not fully taking our jobs for now. It's just kind right. of where I'll leave that. Well, you um, used it uh, for your 
TikTok and made some interesting videos and cocktails. But then I've used it. Oh, shocker. You guys didn't know I used this stuff. I've used <laughs> it to um, to generate this. I'm not actually here. No. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've used it to, um, uh, you know, we're working on new projects all the time. And we've been using uh, the AI, you know, um, image uh, creators to, um, to spec out p- potential layouts and designs for the new bars and restaurants right it's super helpful it's super helpful it's 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 like we can really speed up the time that in the past maybe we would go searching around on the internet for for photos or 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 screen grabs of things that we create a pin board that we could kind of like work from to create our design now what we do is we type in kind of uh, keywords or whatever that we are looking for in a design and then once we kind of like tap into something that's even remotely close to what it is we're kind of thinking we can be more specific with our our prompts and suddenly then we've got a color palette we've got maybe some design elements maybe we've got even like uh, unique bar stools that we're like oh we could either have that created or we could find that bar stool if it's in existence or uh, it's been pretty remarkable to be honest how Certainly, it's not doing the work for us, but it is speeding up the work. It is expediting uh, the speed at which we can create the images that that will eventually be the spaces that we're we're building. Yeah, and yeah. and here's my whole thing about AI: is that like I'm, I, <laughs> I always say that like my take on AI starts out hopeful and then gets super dark. But essentially, I'm not concerned about the Skynet scenario. I'm not because uh, ChatGPT has shown that it is it is flawed, and there are weird things that it just gets hung up on. Like for example, uh, I did this one show called Drinking with Robots, where mm-hmm. I and ChatGPT got a similar prompt to make a cocktail, and uh, we went head to head, and the robot absolutely kicked my ass. Like I'll admit, it was a busy week, and I kind of like. If I'd had more time, maybe I would have been able to come up with a better recipe. But ChatGPT came to fucking play and honestly just wiped <laughs> the floor with my recipe. Um, but I was talking to the, the the guy who runs this show, and he was saying that they had a Father's Day competition uh, recently where it was like design a cocktail around a TV dad. And he was like, no matter how much I pushed the chatbot, I could not get it off the topic of Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. For whatever reason, <laughs> ChatGPT is obsessed with Ty Burrell's character from Modern Family. And he's like, I don't know why it just is. So th- it's flawed. So I'm not particularly concerned that it's going to take over the world. What I am concerned about is the fact that human and AI pairings have been shown to vastly outperform human and human and AI and AI pairings in just about every category, mm. um, which is good for things that what we're talking about here, like designing bars, designing cocktails. Like you get the AI to automate the work that would take you as a human being forever. And then you add our own particular, uh, what's that thing called? Um, the human soul to the project. But it also means that if bad actors wanted to say, I don't know, do January 6th, but right this time, it would be very easy for them to use AI to, you know, uh, create a diversion of some sort or create a bunch of misleading social media posts that drive people into a dangerous place or overwhelm emergency responses. So yeah, I'm not concerned about killer robots. I'm concerned about bad people with good robots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Well, I was talking with uh, my buddy, 
Drew Garrison. Yeah, he has a, a podcast called The Good Bottle. He and Chris and Claire. Uh, they're based out of Sacramento. And we met up in Napa on Friday, Thursday or Friday. And he was talking about using AI. Like, basically, uh, he said, you know, trans uh, doing the, the transcribing, the, like, his episodes and, and trying to figure out and do edits and things like that. He put it in ChatGPT GPT and uh, what would take him an hour uh, took like less than five minutes and it actually pulled quotes and yep. uh, like all this stuff. Yeah. You know, like, and it's pretty crazy, man. Like, you know, so like, I, I agree with what you're saying, Greg. Uh, obviously I agree with you because you have the facts uh, that uh human and AI <laughs> pairing is going to outperform everything. So, so that's the thing. It's like, again, well, like, even that, what you just said, I'm certain he didn't just take the, the, the copy from the AI. I'm certain he went back and edited it. Right. So that, there's a little like, bit. Yeah. Thanks for banging this out. Let me tweak it down close. and now it's done, right? Yeah. Pretty close and very quick. Um, right. So that's that's the kind of idea. Just like kind of not not relying on it to run your program for you or create a program. I think that's one of the biggest fears for us uh, that we haven't really talked about yet. It's like, because we do like consulting work and we create these, you know, and so, you know, you want it to have a human soul to it, you know, whenever you come up with these recipes and ideas. And I think that's what, that's where people kind of become afraid of it. And I think once you know that it's, it is a tool like any other tool, it's to help you figure the thing out. Um, then you're, then you're there. Cause you still have to, you, you still have to sign off on it at the end of the day. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I'm excited about it. Uh, we're going to be, you know, this is another thing that we're going to talk about in a year. Uh, or, or maybe we won't talk about it. We'll have our robot counterparts talk about yeah, it exactly. with each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but our, it's something we're we're gonna see a crazy year of AI for our industry and and everywhere. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and and that said, I mean, if the robots uh, unionize uh, and take over Death and Company, I will be really pissed <laughs> off. But let's talk about that for a second. I mean, like I know we oh, we it. talked. To, you know, it's I I think it's something that uh, is really important for our industry. We're not the only. Uh, we're we're damn near the only industry that hasn't really adopted such things uh, and well service as a like whole a has group. right service as a whole has we've seen you know starbucks is is uh, starting to unionize across the country and that's great we've definitely had in our in our sector mostly in hotels hotels have right. unions and if there's a bar in the hotel they're unionized but this is i think the first time we're seeing it in this directly in craft cocktail right if we want right. to really focus down on what we consider that we are we're craft cocktail bars and i for one am like and i think we all are i don't want to speak for both of you but i think greg and i've talked about it but um I, i'm on board like i think this is the right direction to go in um you know protection for workers and uh, uh you know being able to have collective bargaining chips on the table so that, you know, uh, you don't feel like you're just left in the wind, especially in a, a field like ours, which is notoriously and historically a little bit uh, transient. People come and go, right? You, you work somewhere for six months uh, and you move on to the next place if you want to, or, or, or you, maybe, maybe you stick it out. But generally speaking, we don't see a whole lot of folks in our industry who, who make a career out of standing behind one bar, and maybe this will change some of that, right? Well, well, not even transient industry. I mean, this is the thing that I, the reason that I was most surprised about it is I think that it, it flies in the face of what I've always considered some of the more conservative flavors of bartending. And I mean, like, you know, most of the, at least the bartenders here in New York City, we're all a good bunch of, you know, granola chomping, 
recycling Elizabeth Warren voting liberals. But <laughs> I think that there is a certain sense, especially in when you get into these craft places that take this, you know, things incredibly, incredibly seriously of you got to pay your dues. You know, you got to work mm-hmm. hard. You got to work. I'm I've worked an 18 hour shift. So I can tell you what to do and not vice versa. And I think you right. kind of have to break down that mindset of you have to have it bad because I had it bad in order for labor unions to really flourish. And and frankly, I've always thought that that attitude was pretty unattractive. So I'm glad to see that it, the the sign of unions in our particular little corner of this industry is very um, heartening to me because it means that perhaps that sort of frat boy hazing attitude is on its way out. Yeah. And it should be, you know, like there's that, that, that comic that, that, that went around for a while, that, that comic strip where, you know, it's a guy who's like, gets the bad news that he's got cancer. Then the next frame is like, he overcame cancer. Then the next frame is like, if they come up with a cure for cancer today, boy, am I going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and it's like, no, that, that isn't how you should feel. You should feel that you, you you stomped down the path so that the next guy behind or you chop down the path with your machete so the next guy behind you can stomp down the path so the next guy behind you can maybe put stones down so the next guy can put pavement down so it gets smoother and smoother for the people behind you right i think that's um that's a mentality that we're starting to see kind of across across lots of uh, you know businesses and industries and i would love 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 to see that happen in our industry you're right it's uh, this and and my previous career being in the kitchen were very much the same you know it's uh you know, the, the FNG, right? The fucking new guy um, hasn't paid his dues, <laughs> hasn't done all the shit I've done, hasn't hasn't carried as much or gotten burned as much or, uh, you know, or missed as many holidays as I've missed or all that shit. Like, let's let's get rid of that mentality and get into the mentality of like, we're all in this together. And if we do it together, then it's going to be better for, for all of us. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see it. And I, I'm especially excited to see it because, <clears throat> again, not only is it dripping into the craft cocktail scene, you know, unionization, what a bang to start with, you know, a, a highly known, uh, internationally recognized multiple location. Uh, granted, the unionization is only happening at the original location in the East Village, but surely the dominoes will fall. Right. right. Um, so very high profile. You know, it's not like it's just happening at a at a, a craft cocktail bar that we that maybe doesn't have a lot of notoriety. It's happening somewhere that's going to get a lot of visibility uh, and it's going to be um I don't know, a benchmark for us all to, uh, you know, I hope they don't fall flat on their face um, because I think it's going to be the one by which others are judged moving forward. Yeah. And that's, that's just the growth of the industry though. You know, like that's, mm-hmm. we, you know, we're, we're just living in the the most interesting time for, you know, for a very long time in our industry uh, and seeing this happen right in front of us and enough to have a cocktail show that, won an award this summer, you know, and That's like, right. you know, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. that old thing. Yeah. You know, that uh, seems like a long time ago now, but I mean, you know, that's just like, it's just a sign of the growth of our industry. I mean, sure. shit, like, I mean, there's that, you know, in a lot of, a lot of these things that are happening right now are continuing to grow and grow. I mean, look, we just found out that drink masters is going to be shooting their second season. They're yep. greenlit from Netflix. Um, that's big. That's huge. That's a lot huge. of people were thinking that I, there was, you know, talk in some circles are like, well, I don't know if it's really something that a lot of people can like understand. I'm like, no, just trust me. There's going to be a second season because I, this drink, their drink master show has legs. Right. <clears throat> so, I mean, just seeing like the amount of 
media attention that you know like lp and kate and and suzu you know like they're just all over the place these days and i'm yeah, like awesome. you're right like it's amazing it's amazing so yeah i mean we're we're just we're we're seeing it all unfold right now i, I can't 13 years ago when i started this show i i never would have thought we would be seeing the things that we just talked about in the three last three minutes you know what i mean so right. it's like it's just really cool and exciting and i always say that and i know it sound like a broken record but what a great broken record sound you know it's all positive and that's yeah. why we do this show you know that's not just this show but this episode um you know to recap what's happening and also to be able to look forward to next year and talk about you know in one year from uh, today we'll be talking about all this crazy amazing development and where it's gone you know yeah in 12 months so really cool stuff guys yeah, yeah man hell of a year and you know looking forward to the next one is going to be uh just as great uh you know i i, I want to keep on keeping on with this uh with what we do uh, both on and off the air I, I you know i don't think any of the three of us are in this for uh uh for for glory or for money we're in it because we enjoy it and we enjoy sharing these things with the people that we get to share them with and uh, like i feel pretty grateful that um that we're we're afforded this opportunity all the time so uh, i don't know happy to, i'm always happy to be here yeah, yeah, man. Definitely. I'm always happy for the show. This is, uh, and especially this, you know, th this one at the end of the year as a good chance to kind of like look back and sort of take stock of like, whoa, what just happened? Um, but also just the opportunity to do the show with you guys and to continue doing it. And the fact that we, you know, there's, there's a, a really nice plate sitting in my apartment right now to prove that, you know, we, we, uh, what we do to get in the chance to talk with you guys and some of the leaders in our industry, like means something and reaches people. And I think that's a cool thing that we get to a cool, a cool little luxury that we get afforded to do in our lives. Absolutely. And, you know, I will say this before we go off the air, uh, we couldn't do it without our amazing team at heritage radio network. Yeah, absolutely. Army the show today. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's, they're always there for us. In fact, uh, sometimes when they shouldn't be, um like, <laughs> like today or we, we had to move the schedule around a little bit so we do thank them for being there for us and uh great great company to work with and you know again we do this because we love it heritage radio network is a 501c3 nonprofit organization so yeah we we do this it's all passion it's all driven by passion so i want to thank right. them and uh thank you to all the listeners who are sticking with us uh through all these years and through especially this year and, and beyond to next year. And so I want to say at the end of this, happy holidays to everyone. Happy new year. Um, Cause we won't, we won't be with you until after that. Uh, it's my favorite holiday. Um, you know, it's, it's food and sparkly things and uh, drinks with your buddies. So, yeah. and, and, and uh, less family. <laughs> okay. Sorry, mom. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, on that, I want to say uh, happy holidays and happy new year to everyone. And thanks for listening to the Speakeasy. Until next year. Till next year. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. So you don't shun the devil with your The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food and drink radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe. 